You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new film, The Stoning of Soraya M., our guest today, Cyrus Narasta, creates a classic fable of good versus evil. Based on a true story, the film follows a village's persecution of an innocent woman and becomes a parable about how people react when someone in their community is turned into a scapegoat. Who will join forces with the plot? Who will surrender to the mob? And who will dare to stand up for what's right? The Stoning of Soraya M. won the Audience Award for Best Narrative Feature at the Los Angeles Film Festival and is now screening in Irvine at the West Park 8 Cinemas and in Los Angeles at the Lemley Music Hall 3 on Wilshire Boulevard. Cyrus Narasta, welcome to Film School. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you for coming on. How are you today? I'm great. You know, the movie is playing uh, across the country and, and doing uh, very strong business and, uh, you know, creating a little commotion out there. Now, what kind of commotion is that? It's, it's I would say, a <laughs> controversial film in some ways. Or I mean, it, it tells a, a hard story. Uh, what kind of commotion is it causing? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, we've gotten predominantly uh, great reviews, but we've also got, a, I'd say, a handful of negative reviews, which sort of... Uh, are pretty uh, pretty vicious in their denunciation of the film, and I think that's because some people are in denial about what what goes on in the world. Is that what uh, their condemnation is that this would never happen? And why is he making a film about this? Well, yeah, and they think it's kind of extreme in its presentation. I find that amazing when you consider that it was literally days ago that we saw a woman shot to death. Mm-hmm. in the streets of Tehran, where hundreds have been killed, uh, their bodies denied to their families, and those who were wounded denied medical care in hospitals in Iran. So when we see that kind of behavior and couple it with what this movie's about, I think the two complement one another. Yeah, now, just to go back on that point and uh, what's going on in Iran, is uh, my, my understanding is, is that if they're killed... They are not allowed to be, uh, uh, the ceremony, the burial ceremony is not allowed to be conducted in in the mosques around Tehran. And there's yeah. restrictions on the, the government's yeah. place. They're, 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 they're basically denied religious burial. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, how did you come uh, first come in contact with the story? And I, I was told that, that the author's name is pronounced uh, Saridun Sahijam, is that? Yeah, Feridun Sahibjam. Uh-huh is a uh, French-Iranian journalist who came upon this story in, 19, in the late 1980s and uh, returned to Europe and published an account of what took place in this Iranian village, which was a stoning incident. And he published it as a book, and it became a huge bestseller in Europe. It was published here in the States in 1994. My wife and I were both screenwriters. We read it back then. It screamed movie to us. But we also didn't believe there was any chance of it getting made. So we let it sit. And then uh, in late 2005, we revisited it, optioned the book, developed the screenplay, uh, found Shore Agdashlu, the Iranian actress, to play in it. And we were able to find some producers who uh, 
got into business with us on it. So that's the business side of it. You did you was it absolutely critical that you got the actress to to was she the sort of the the main selling point? Is that what tipped it? I think she was. I wouldn't say she was the main well, selling point, yeah. but I would say this: she was a huge contribution right. to the uh, impression of the project because she's such an. Not only is she a great actress, but she's an important kind of women's advocate uh, outside of Iran, especially dealing with Iranian and, and women's issues. And if you've anyone seen the, the House of Sand and Fog, you know what a terrific actress she is. If you haven't seen that, you should. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, how did the casting go for this film? Did you find that that was difficult at all because of the nature of the film? Well, you know, one thing we wanted to do was be as authentic as possible, which means doing the movie, uh, since it's set in an Iran, a remote Iranian village, doing it in Farsi. So our, our cast obviously needs to be able to speak Farsi. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew of at least three or four Iranian actors, because I'm, although I'm American, I'm of Iranian descent, and I'm, I know the Iranian community very well. So actually, while we were writing the script, I had about four of these actors in mind for certain parts. And the remainder uh, we found through the audition process. Now, did that take a while for you to get the uh, auditioning right? Well, you know, it's interesting because <clears throat> there are so many uh, Iranians and Iranian-Americans in Southern California. So when you put out a casting call, you'd be amazed at how many show up. And there's a lot of talented people. There's a very strong uh, sort of Iranian artistic cultural community here. You've yeah. got... Very good theater going on all the time for Iranian audiences in Farsi as well as Iranian television and radio. So we actually had quite a good crop of actors to choose from. And I, I love the location of the film and, and, and also just the way it was filmed. Where was that? Well, we're really not supposed to say okay. it's an Arab country in the Middle East, but there's a very famous basketball player whose first name is Michael. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. All right then. <laughs> and the clue the, and, is and, out. And your and your and your secret dies with me. Okay. Terrific. All right. Uh, very, very did, good. did you have any any problems uh, getting there, or or at least filming in that area at all? Well, you know, they have an excellent Royal uh, Film Commission there. They're trying to attract uh, motion pictures to shoot there. Their only concern is they looked at the script. They wanted to see if it was anti-Muslim. Uh-huh. They determined that it indeed was not. And this, that's really important for people to understand. They determined that it was not anti-Muslim, and they said, we will not interfere with content. Uh, go ahead. They gave us the green light. And I think that's very important, the, the distinction that you're making, because while it is set, uh, ostensibly is set in Iran, I, right? Yeah. Am I, you know, yeah. That... that, that it is, in fact, a universal story. Uh, the, the, the themes are universal. The themes of betrayal and injustice and bonds and family and marriage and all of it, all of these things are uh, certainly universal themes and uh, played out in a way that uh, is certainly harsh, but, uh, but nonetheless something, a story that everyone can relate to. Oh, I hope so. And, uh, you know, what we have here is characters uh, who seem to use religion, use the holy book for their own personal agenda. Now, granted, the country 
Iran at this time had moved in a direction that really allowed for that. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, stonings remain in the Islamic Penal Code of Iran. But uh, stoning is not m- even mentioned in the Koran, right. which is, which is lo- why a lot of people consider these laws uh, basically a perversion of the Islamic religion. Now, it's, I think it's important to point out that we know that stonings take place in other countries around the world, including Saudi Arabia. Um, and, uh, Nigeria, yeah. Somalia, the Sudan, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, yes. Now, only, in a, only about half those countries is it actually in the written law, is it codified. Mm-hmm. And in countries where it is not in the written law, it still does happen, and authorities kind of look the other way. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to put together the stoning scene? Because it, it works wonderfully well, I think. I, it, it really... <laughs> points out the brutality. It's not something you just gloss over. It's something that you you get into a time zone and a feel that seems uh, to capture how horrific it is. Uh, how long did you spend shooting that? Well, it was actually uh, uh, six days uh, that we mm-hmm. spent uh, shooting it. And my intention there was, just as you said, to to make the audience sort of never forget what a stony is that when they read about it or hear about it on the internet it'll give them a moment's pause yeah. well and i will say uh while you know you know what's coming you know uh you you assume the worst going in uh can i say that to the extent you got your point across uh in the in with the scene but it it does it doesn't turn into a uh the kind of a spectacle. Gr- gruesome, it, it, you know, sort of voyeuristic, gruesome event. Well, I appreciate that. that Thank uh, you. I mean, I, I think one thing that people who are going to go see this movie also have to recognize is that at the end of this movie, there is some hope and some triumph. Yeah. And with and without it, I, I, I frankly, I wouldn't have made the movie. Yeah. I have to say one thing. You, you, you said that this is not mentioned. By the way, we're uh, we're speaking with Cyrus. Nazrata, the uh, film is the stoning of Soraya M. And uh, there's, you mentioned the sort of the reference to the Koran here. Uh, it's funny in biblical scripture, stoning was taking place during the Old Testament. Certainly, I mean, like this is news, but there was stoning was uh, sound like it was a relatively common way of uh, of taking care of uh, justice in that time. And and Jesus stood in front of a woman about to be stoned and said. He was without sin cast the uh, cast the first stone, and he didn't throw stones either. So I I don't know if this in any way factors into the the sensibility of the people uh, who are involved in stoning. That uh, that that does this is there? I guess what I'm trying to get to. Obviously, over time we've come to realize it's a barbaric. Most people have come to realize it's a barbaric practice. Is there a growing recognition within the these? societies who still allow it that they've got to stop doing this well i think that for example even in iran there's a certain embarrassment about having to talk about it uh... there have been there are women's groups inside of iran who are trying to stop stonings there are even clerics inside of iran who've called for moratoriums on stoning now unfortunately a lot of these women's groups have you know, 
been banned and uh, their, their, their groups have sort of been harassed. Uh, they've been subject to arbitrary travel bans, uh, detention. Uh, so the government over there is trying to sort of crack down on this women's movement. And uh, stonings remain in the Islamic penal code. Yeah. So the, the, the progress is not happening, but it's clear they don't like having to talk about it, which is why I would really love to see our leaders in Europe and here in the United States, whenever they sit down to talk with the Iranian leaders, to sort of put this on the, on the table for discussion. Uh, now, in, in making The Stoning of Soraya Am, did, did any other films come to mind? Were you referencing anything else before you, sure. you set it out? Well, which ones were they? Well, I, the first one that came to mind was an old Western uh, with Henry Fonda called The Oxbow Incident, yeah. Yeah. which is a terrific movie about uh, the lynching of some uh, suspected cattle thieves and murderers. Uh, another movie that... Uh, came to mind. It was a film by Michael uh, Kachianis, who did uh, Zorba the Greek. The movie that he did that uh, was a Euripides tragedy called Iphigenia uh, with Irene Pappas, who's kind of the, uh, the 70s model of uh, Shorey Augustlu, the actress in my movie. Mm -hmm. And Iphigenia is really uh, about Agamemnon is getting ready to launch his thousand ships to retrieve Helen from Troy. Uh, and as the wind refuses to blow, one of the priests condemns him for sacrilege, and the general is pressured to sacrifice his daughter to save the state. So the whole movie is about Agamemnon being faced with sending his child like a lamb to the slaughter, which would betray his wife, but basically please the priests and his army. And it's a fantastic story. Um, and it's kind of like the stoning of Soraya M. It's a ticking clock yeah. to an execution. Did you have any of your cast watch either of these films to get some insight, or did you just... Well, you know, <laughs> only when they ask. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like to start handing out movies to people because they get the wrong impression. If someone comes to me yeah. and asks and says, uh, is there something that I could watch that you think might help me? Uh, and then I give the, yeah. And in fact, my, the actress who played um, Soraya, her name is Mojan Marno, and I think it's a tremendous performance. Yeah, she, she, she delivers. Yeah. And she uh, asked, and uh, so I gave her Iphigenia. I also gave her the, uh, the original um, Joan of Arc. Um, I, I said that the director, of course, his name escapes me for the moment, <laughs> but you're, I'm talking about the black and white yes. European version. And in a way, sort of Soraya and Joan of Arc have some things in common. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, that's, uh, yeah, in fact, it was The Passion of Joan of Arc, which was uh, Carl Dreyer's film. Oh, very good. That was as soon as you said it. I was I was trying to place the characters, and and there is there is a, a real similarity in what she's able to to bring to the screen, and and with Joan of yep. Arc, well, very good. Now, now, go ahead, man. Um, did uh, I'm just curious about uh, the uh, it's the the film is rolling out across the country right right now. It, you've got it in. All regions of the United States is it playing? Is it playing internationally? Well, international? right now, right now we're in about eleven cities. Okay. Okay. And on July tenth, 
we will go out uh, wider. Mm-hmm. And then on July 24th, we'll go out wider still. Okay. Are, are you looking to, to market this in any particular way? I know that's a little bit crass to say about a film like this, but, but nevertheless, are, they, are you looking for particular communities, or are you just thinking of this more as an, a uh, universal kind of film? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, we have started the process of now analyzing our first weekend results, which were mm-hmm. very solid. Good. But we found in certain areas we did quite extraordinary. One of them, by the way, was Irvine. Yeah. Uh, in Irvine, we did nearly $9,000 per screen, which is truly exceptional. Wow, that is. Um, and we did very well in Pasadena and in Encino. We did very well in Washington, D.C. We think, we suspect that these are areas where they have a strong concentration of Iranian-Americans. We have also, however, found that we did incredible business in Denver, Colorado, and we did very good in New York City in the village, in the theater in the village. Now, what the analysis is telling us here, and we did very well in Chicago, we're finding that um, American audiences, or for lack of a better word, Caucasian audiences, are also drawn to this. Uh, we're finding that even the Christian community is drawn to this story. We don't know why. Uh, We're trying to figure it out. Maybe because Jim Caviezel's in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, bottom line is we're finding an interesting cross-section. And uh, you know how this business is. It's like we're talking about a small movie, an independent movie, playing in art house theaters for select audiences, and it's really a matter of, okay, pushing into those areas and pushing outward where we think uh, interest lies. Well, I, I think if I may, the the reason it does have this kind of appeal is is because you've created something that really is universal, uh, and it it's a it, there's a tale here to be told. It's a parable to be told that crosses over all religious boundaries. It's it's a moral tale, and and just as you said in your press releases, you know, it's it's a point where you have to decide where you stand. Uh, and I really think you've done that well. Did you? Was that central to what you were thinking when you put the film together? Is is that where you want to go, or is this something that developed as as you as you brought the book to the screen? Well, you know, I think fundamentally, my job as a filmmaker is to find a great story and tell it as honestly and truthfully as I can, and sort of let the marketing and the strategy take care of itself later on. What we always hope for with with great human drama is that it transcends sort of the spectrum and that uh, everyone and anyone is interested in it and the themes that it presents. And I think this is that kind of story. Yeah, I agree with you. And also getting back to Nathan's point, um, there, there was a, uh, there's been a number of films that have dealt with, uh, you know, all kinds of different cultures in, uh, around the world uh, in ways that this film does that were were very popular films. I'm I'm going back to the the 60s when there were a number of films about the Middle East. Uh, I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is an obvious example, but there were a number uh, of right. films that dealt with cultural, you know, sto- stories that were rooted in a particular in a in a place, but really had universal themes. And that's what this film is, and that's what this film should be seen as. 
is, is it, it happens to take place somewhere else, but the but right. the but the uh, but the uh, the principles are the same and. Um, Good. No, I, I I think that's true. I think that, and, that's and maybe on. maybe audiences are now, uh, you know, maybe the summer does provide sort of a counterpoint. The summer films, the sort of blockbuster films, it, it becomes more apparent to people who are film goers that there really are alternative films. And when you this, you're really bombarded in the summer with these kind of cartoonish films, and to see a film like this come along uh, affords you an opportunity to uh, to get away from that that mass. It's hysteria that, that surrounds well, many And to of learn something. And to, yeah, to actually learn something. Well, the cast really is terrific. Um, uh, Hashim, the character of Hashim, the, char- the, the mayor, the, the mullah, the, the Ali, the, uh, the, the husband, uh, create very vivid uh, characters. Was very, there any singular direction you gave them? Any singular point that you brought up when you were, when you were directing them? Well, you know, each actor has to be approached differently, uh-huh. I think. And um, the other thing is, you're talking about uh, a cast of Iranians, most of them who were born and grew up in Iran, who saw this movie as a mission, who were very committed to telling this story and to telling it honestly and truthfully. What I like to do, first of all, is see what is this actor bringing from their own experience, from their own knowledge, from their own passion. And then it's it's a matter of just sort of guiding and directing that. I think David Lean once said uh, the best directing is when you're just tickling a talent, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you don't want and you don't want to overburden an actor up front with all kinds of direction. And what was wonderful about this cast was they came with so much passion and so many of their own ideas, and uh, it really is a, a, a collaborative effort. Well, that's terrific. Well, th- this is a film. Is it is playing uh, in in Irvine here? Obviously, it's, it's as you know, and all around, all around, yeah. the, all around the, the country. But uh, it's great to hear a little hometown spirit here that we're we're doing so well in terms of the uh, of the the success of the film. And the film is the stoning of Soraya M and uh, Cyrus. Uh, Nosata, thank you so much for being here on Film School. We all the best to you and and, and success in the future. My my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash Film School.